Take two. I think we're live. All righty. Welcome back to Everything EOS, the longest running EOS podcast. Uh, before we dive into it, we got a lot to cover this week in EOSIO and all the news surrounding it. But I do need to remind everybody that we're just two guys online talking about our opinions about this open source software. And uh, nothing we should say should be taken as legal, financial, tax, professional, or any other kind of advice. Don't take advice for us or you will likely get wrecked. And any tokens that we talk about on the show, it is safe to assume that we own them for disclosure purposes. But Zach, before we dive into it, I understand you want to send a message out about the link. Is that right? Yeah, so sorry about that uh, double take. It, it stopped the stream like after 15 seconds and it wouldn't let us like pick up where we left off on the live stream. So everyone who made it to take two, uh, if you could s please, please, please share this link uh, in like the main EOS chat and the EOS price channel. That way we don't have to do it while we're trying to live stream here. I do apologize for that. Uh, we're still getting used to this live stream, but we've got some really, really good topics to talk about today. Um, let, let's get through uh, some of the early, um, some of the new Cypherglass and EOS name service stuff, and then we'll get into the meat of the conversation here. Uh, so you said um, before we went on the air, you have some new names on EOS name service. Yeah. Uh, and also... This is the first I've heard of it, e ENS 2.0. I haven't seen yeah. anything about that. Yeah, so we're building up. We just announced this on Twitter recently at EOS Name Service, but we're building up for the launch of ENS EOS Name Service 2.0 later this year. It, it should be on track for September or October, but we'll keep everybody updated there. And essentially what ENS 2.0 will include is a total rebuild of the site. You'll be able to buy multiple names at the same time using either EOS or PayPal with your credit or debit card, which has been requested highly. Um, and the biggest feature that I know a lot of people are looking forward to is the marketplace. So the marketplace that will allow you to actually sell any account names you own, whether you bought them on EOS name service or you registered them somewhere else, you'll be able to sell any EOS account name on EOS name service as well. So stay tuned for that uh, coming out later this year. But as Zach said, we have three new names in addition to the many names we've added in the past. We have .high, .zen, and .fun over at eosnameservice.io. So if you want one of those custom EOS account names, uh, go get it before this podcast goes out too much and people take all the good names. All right, so everything's good now. I got the live chat up. Um, the other uh, Cypherglass stuff before we get into the news is Adriana, uh, your your community manager at Cypherglass. She will be one of the judges for the Satoshi Awards. So what yeah. are the what are the Satoshi Awards? And then I'll I'll bring up um, something I want to do with Adriana here in the future. So the Satoshi Awards, they basically have a mission, and then reading it from their website, thesatoshiawards.com, that says the Satoshi Awards recognize those courageous people in blockchain and cryptocurrency and their world-changing ideas and efforts. So it's essentially this award show that they do every year. I believe it started a couple of years ago. Um, and Adriana Mendez, one of our partners and owners at Cypherglass, is going to be one of the, one of the judges for the 2020 Satoshi Awards coming up next year in uh, Acapulco, Mexico, I believe. So it should be pretty cool, and there should be good footage from that event as well. But stay tuned for that if you want to learn more, thesatoshiawards.com or at the Satoshis on Twitter. So Adriana has been doing something interesting. I, I've been in communication yeah. with her on, on Telegram. So how, she's been in... Asia. So this has been a big recurring topic of the bridging the gap of communication between Western block producers and Western developers, and then the Eastern developers and Eastern block producers. And Adriana took it upon herself to actually move uh, to Asia for the last, what's it been now, two months? I think longer than that. I think it, we might be coming up on three months, but uh, I know she's going to stay there, I believe, through at least the end of the year and then maybe even split her time like six months in Asia and six months in the U.S. or some other part of the world. But 
uh, she's been crushing it out there, going to a lot of Asian meetups and different events and really sort of having you know, a good on the ground, boots on the ground perspective for us at Cypherglass to really understand what it is that's happening on the other side of the world with uh, the EOS ecosystem and the crypto ecosystem in general. So as I understand it, I guess she's going to be on the show soon with you to sort of talk about all that. Is that right? Yeah. As soon as uh, we uh, can schedule something, we'll start putting out um, some public, uh, some pu publishing some news, I guess, on that. But nice. um, I, I want to get her firsthand perspective because I've just been talking to her on Telegram with text and she's Currently, it says in my most recent message, Bangkok, Thailand. She's been running all kinds of meetups and stuff, meeting all kinds of the, the Chinese BPs. And then there's a couple companies actually in uh, Bangkok, Thailand that she wanted to talk about. So e either later, maybe at the end of this week, it, uh, I guess I don't want it to conflict with every uh, with this podcast, but um, either this week coming up or, or the week after, we're going to have Adrienne on here. Are, are you going to want to join us, Rob? Yeah, I'll probably join us as well. I'm curious, you know, obviously we we do a weekly call at Cypherglass and I talk to her all the time, but I think it'll be great. And I think you'll have some good questions as well to sort of uncover a lot of what's happening over in the East. So it should be a great podcast. And if you liked the EOS AMA that we did with Hello EOS, we have more of those coming as well. But I think the people that enjoyed that will also really enjoy this discussion with Adriana and should sort of lift the veil on a lot of things happening in the East. I guess, I guess while we're talking about future episodes, I have Effect AI later in our notes, but I will yeah. pl plug this right now. Uh, next Wednesday, that's July 10th, Effect AI, uh, the Mechanical Turk, building on EOS IO with the micro tasks and uh, training for AI. Uh, they're launching their first product, the Effect Force product, that's the Mechanical Turk. They're doing a live launch here on Everything EOS for the hour leading up to the live launch. So that's going to start at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, so you can convert that to whatever your local time zone is. But from 1 p.m. Eastern until 2 p.m. Eastern, we're going to be talking about Effect Force. We're going to go through the demo. Uh, we're going to talk about, like, they, they went from Neo to EOSIO. And they're, they're doing all kinds of stuff. I have it later in the notes. I will talk more about Effect Force. But next Wednesday, this up, well, this upcoming Wednesday, July 10th at 1 p.m. Eastern, we are doing a live launch party leading up to the launch of Effect Force. So that's another episode to look forward to. Um, and then last week we did a special DSP panel with Ramon from yeah. Investing. It was really good, really, really good. That was I learned. Very cool. I actually learned a lot because I Ramon from Investing with a Difference. He's just one of those guys, man. He's kind of like you, Rob. Where like I don't even want to talk because I just want to listen to him talk the entire <laughs> time. Uh, so we're trying to do more content uh, now that I'm getting a little more comfortable with the software. It's a little, it, it's much more finicky than Zoom, but I, but I hope everyone's appreciating the production quality. Uh, we want to do more panels. Last week, uh, Rob put out a call to action. Like we, we, this governance stuff, it's, it's, it needs to be talked about more. We need to pe put people's feet to the fire a little bit more. And we want to do more panels here on Everything EOS. So we want to have more discussion on governance. So we'll have more of that coming up soon. And I guess we'll be jumping around in our notes here. Why don't, why don't, why don't we bring up the EOS New York thing right now? Yeah. Uh, so this was, was pretty interesting. Big One, which is a, a, a big exchange, I guess, uh, in the East, just announced that they became the number one EOS block producer by votes. I think they passed Huobi by uh, 100,000 votes or something like that, sitting at almost 150 million votes. And EOS New York tweeted them after they you know, announced this and said, congratulations, does this mean you will now join the discussion surrounding the process to upgrade the EOS mainnet to v1.8, which is required for block one to deploy voice? We have not seen you participate in practice runs in Kylin or the jungle testnet as number one you need to lead. And I think they bring up a pretty interesting point here that, you know, as a lot of these BPs 
have these different incentive models where they're basically buying votes. They're saying, hey, you know, deposit into our exchange and we'll give you 7% on your money if you vote for us. And then they're very quickly moving into the top 21. But the piece that they're not sort of including in that is they're not taking that leadership role and actually participating in things like the 1.8 upgrade. So I think it's great. Shout out to EOS New York for sort of sticking their neck out there and uh, tweeting them, you know, asking them to really join the discussion because it is crucial for them to be a part of this in order for us to upgrade the mainnet to 1.8. That that's the thing with me is I don't I, I wish that the the top twenty one BPs were more geographically diversified. Um, I, I brought it up last week when we talked about it. If people would feel different if they were still Asian owned BPs but more geographically diverse, maybe they want to run their nodes in North America even though they're owned by, by people in Asia. I, I don't. I think that's still better. It, it might not be ideal for everyone, but I think that's better than all of the nodes being kind of in one part of the world. Um, but, but the one thing I don't approve of is these nodes sitting in the top 21 producing blocks and not doing their jobs as being leaders on the EOS main net. I, I see way more leaders outside of the top 21 than are what in the top 21. And one of the things I want to do here on everything EOS is kind of put people's feet to the fire and call them out if they're not doing their jobs, uh, as block producers in the top 21. So shout out to Kevin Rose and the whole EOS New York team for, for kind of taking the initiative on this one. Um, because I, I know it's really hard for the people that are in the top 21. I'm not sure if EOS New York's in there or not today. I, they, they were one of the like stewards of, of the EOS main that were in the top 21 for the longest time. They only recently got bumped out for the first time, but it's always difficult as a block producer to call out some of these large entities because you know they're backed by a bunch of whales and exchanges so it, it, it's always like everyone's kind of walking on eggshells because they don't want to kind of piss off the wrong people and lose votes for themselves <laughs> and that that's the truth of it that's the politics of it and it kind of sucks yeah. so uh, i really really want to just give credit to eos new york for that and while i'm on here i want to call out another bp co-chain co-chain really needs to get their act together they're constantly last on CPU, uh, on Aloha EOS. They have CPU benchmarks for the speed that they're running their node and the latency. And they're consistently dead last in not even just the top 21, like out of the top 30, they're some of the worst performing BPs, but they're always in the top 21. And I think uh, we, we really got to hold these these nodes accountable. For all, for all the block rewards they're pulling in, they should be upgrading their infrastructure. There's no excuse for CoChain World and there's no excuse uh, for, for big one is that what they're called? I don't have it in front of me. Big one? Yeah, big one. Especially, I mean, if you look at the amount of money that somebody like big one in the number one spot is making now, converted to dollars, it's about $5,000 or four to $5,000 per day. So they could take one day of revenue per month and hire somebody full time to look at this 1.8 issue if they really wanted to. So it, it's not a matter of resources. It's not a matter of having uh, enough people or enough money. So uh, hopefully after this tweet from EOS New York, they will get their act together because uh, otherwise it'll just continue to delay that 1.8 launch, unfortunately. And I, I talked to Kevin last week, I, at, right after, I think it was the day after uh, we did that live stream last weekend, Rob, where you called everyone out and said, like, we got to do more talk about governance, get this out there. I talked to Kevin Rose from US New York. He agreed he would come on a show uh, in the very near future. Oh, good. So he's someone I want to have on a panel. I, I want to do more panels, just like we did with the DSPs last week. I want to do governance talk. I and. Anyone from the uh, Eastern BPs, like we want to bridge this gap, reach out to us. We will have you on this show. We want your perspective because I, I don't want to believe that they are doing nothing. I, I think that these BPs are doing 
work. I mean, they're running big exchanges, which is a business in itself, but I want to know more about what they're doing. And I hope this is just a communication issue. Uh, Rob, do you think that this is mostly a communication issue or do you think that there are people, uh, block producers that are kind of just taking and not giving? I think it's a mix. I think with Big One, they obviously contributed a lot before the EOS mainnet and then even I think shortly after the mainnet launch. So I think it's most likely a communication issue when it comes to them. But uh, I would say there are definitely BPs, at least from my perspective, um, that are, are not doing a lot in the top 21 or even in the, the standby pool and just kind of sitting back and collecting rewards, which is obviously uh, not the greatest component of this system. <laughs> but uh, hopefully over time, this will... Uh, resolve itself big one will get in and help implement 1.8 because that really is the missing link for us to be able to or for block one rather to be able to push uh voice to the mainnet so uh speaking of 1.8 let's yeah let, let, let's get positive here some really cool stuff came out from block one eos io labs on july 6th is that that's actually today okay so this came out yeah, this, this morning, morning. Yeah, I, I feel like I've seen it for over a day now, but okay. Okay, so it came out this morning. EOSI La EOS IO Labs released their specifications repo for architecture and approach for feedback. So this is basically all of the stuff that is going to be possible uh, with 1.8. So you want to kind of recap everyone um, the what's coming in 1.8, what EOSI 1.8 is, and... Mostly, I want you to just explain the delegating CPU to your users because that's the kind yeah. of the biggest part of it that I'm excited for. Yeah, so 1.8 is the the next major software upgrade for EOS IO that we have to implement on the EOS mainnet. And it requires what's called a coordinated hard fork, where essentially all of the BPs have to get together and, you know, basically push a button at the same time to flip a switch and upgrade us to 1.8. There's a lot of complex technical things that happen behind the scenes when all that happens, but essentially that's it. It requires coordination amongst anybody running their own full node, anybody that's running a VP. Um, so an insane amount of coordination, second only to really the original mainnet launch, which is why it's so important that people like Big One join these chat groups and Telegram and other places um, to really be a part of that conversation, be a part of these test runs on the Kylan and Jungle test nets, just like um, all these people were a part of the test runs before the mainnet actually launched. But what's cool about 1.8 is that it introduces some pretty big features, one of which uh, I know Block One is waiting on for voice.com, which is that rather than forcing all of your users to have enough CPU and net in their accounts, you can actually make it so that your contract, your app, voice.com, whatever it might be, can pay for that CPU and net on behalf of your users. So essentially, this just reduces the barrier to entry even more, where if Block One is giving people free EOS accounts when they sign up for voice, they don't then have to stake them EOS. They don't have to, you know, stake one EOS to net and one EOS to CPU. Instead, Block One can simply pay for their CPU and net as they need it, as they're interacting with voice.com. So that's a pretty cool feature. But essentially what this EOSIO Labs release covers is Block One is trying to have a, a better forum, a better repository to interact with the open source developer community. So these are things... Um, there's some pretty cool things in here, one of which is obviously contracts paying transaction costs, but they have an example contract that anybody can take and use to implement that functionality into their dApp. And what they're trying to create with this release is just this centralized centralized in a good way and that all of the information is, is central in one repository that anybody can access and then they'll have to search around in 100 different places. Um, but a bunch of different templates, a bunch of open source contributions that will sort of help all dApps will live in this repo. So in addition to contracts paying transaction costs, there's things like a new token standard, which I thought was pretty interesting, called an, an enhanced token that will actually allow for cross-chain transactions and interactions 
um, through the use of sub accounts, which is pretty interesting. You have synchronous calls between contracts, flexible notifications. There's all kinds of stuff in this release that you can check out if you go to EOSIO or EOS.io slash news and click on that uh, most recent blog post that Zach has up. Yeah, so it's all the, the code. So we, we all know, it, or a lot of us have known that once 1.8 is implemented, that dApps will be able to delegate CPU to their actual users so that their users don't actually have to stake on their own. But so just because that ability is possible doesn't mean that anyone would know how to do it right away, you know? So that that's exactly what uh, Block One's doing is they're re releasing like the, the template code so that if you are a dApp and after 1.8 is released, you'll be able to implement all of the new features made possible through the EOS IO 1.8 upgrade and beyond because I think some of this stuff is probably implementable today. Uh, I don't right. know. I don't know if all of it requires 1.8. This just came out this morning, so I haven't had a ton of time to digest it. But I highly recommend everyone go check it out on their own uh, because there's a lot of cool things there happening. And seeing the example code is a big step in the right direction uh, for for making that stuff happen. And definitely. And Blockwin really sort of summed it up very well in one sentence. They said that the EOSIO specification repository is a dedicated repository in GitHub through which the developer community can easily collaborate with B1. So they're really looking for that collaboration between developers, block one, to sort of you know, guide these new features, but also potentially guide the direction of EOSIO um, software in general, because they, they want to know feedback from the people that are actually using it. I'd like to get some feedback on some people. How, how about those uh, liquid accounts and liquid yeah. elemental battles, Rob? I'm pretty oh. excited about that. That was huge when I saw that news come out. It's something that I wasn't expecting so soon. Um, but it looks like they're finally here. Can you can you give us a little overview of what a liquid account actually is? So I, I guess before the liquid account, I, I, let me backtrack to, to the whole thing. So uh, with liquid apps, one, one of the onboarding issues we, we've had is that we needed to, to push, push out an implementation, an example of how all of these awesome services like liquid accounts, oracles, VRAM, how, how all of this stuff could be implemented. So we, we had documentation on some of it, but the one that everyone was waiting for is the liquid accounts because liquid accounts offer onboarding for free for new users. So what, what we did at Liquid Apps was we took the Elemental Battles tutorial, which is the block one built tutorial for onboarding to EOSIO. It's the same tutorial that everything EOS and Liquid Apps own. Peter K, he used for his EOSIO developer series, which if you're looking at our little bottom scroller bar here, uh, you can see where to sign up for that at everythingios.io front slash dev, plug that. But Elemental Battles is like a tutorial to learn EOSIO development. But what we did was we took it up an extra notch. We added uh, functionality for not only liquid accounts, but we added an IPS, IPFS front end. We have a, a DNS, uh, EOSIO DNS, liquid DNS back, uh, DNS I'll just say which is actually a new service that we haven't even put a lot of uh, news out on yet. But it's essentially going to be something that someone like Rob with EOSDNS dot, is it com or dot IO, Rob? I'm, I'm brain farting here. Uh, dot IO. Dot IO. A, a project like that is actually able to implement this service so that uh, decentralized DNS could actually happen without a Chrome extension. So like if you have a GoDaddy URL, you could actually plug in the DNS of these... Um, liquid DNS endpoints that a DSP could uh, operate. Uh, but liquid accounts is the uh, the like most notable feature here. And the way that liquid uh, accounts works is it, it creates a private key 
within the browser using just your username and password. So whenever you, let me just pull this up. I'll put it up on the screen here. Um, actually, the link I had in the notes was not the right one. Um, Rob, can you talk oh, for like ten? Can you for. talk for like ten yeah. seconds here? Yeah, uh, I mean, the most exciting part about Liquid Accounts to me is that for the first time, you now have a way to onboard people into your DAP without having to pay any kind of account creation fee. Um, so obviously, you know, at some point, these users that make Liquid Accounts may want to upgrade to a full EOS account for a variety of reasons. Um, but essentially, this enables somebody like Block One, for example, to onboard, say, 100 million, 200 million people onto voice.com without having to subsidize and pay for every single person to get a free use account. So whether they end up using this or end up buying use accounts for people like they've said uh, remains to be seen. But this is big news for a lot of developers and can save developers a lot of money, which is a great thing. So basically, here's just the, the, the front end example. This is where, where you go whenever you see the Liquid Elemental Battles. I put my account name as Zach Gall. I typed in a password. I register and I log in. Wrong password. What the heck? Uh, you probably have already used that username before. Uh, Joe Schmo. There we go. I, Joe Schmo now has an, a Liquid EOS account. So the way that a private key, and there's no scatter wallet involved, it's all completely abstracted from the user. Uh, this is the most basic implementation you're going to see with Liquid Accounts. It can get more advanced than this, where there, there could be a way for once you have a certain amount of tokens in that uh, Liquid Account, you'll be able to create an actual mainnet EOS account from that Liquid Wallet or Liquid Account. But basically what a liquid account is, it's storing a private and public key in VRAM, but everything's hashed that you can't actually, nobody knows the private key except for the end user. And that private key is generated based on a mix of the username, the password that the user generated for themselves. And then we also have like a secret phrase that goes into to the seed of creating the private key so that uh, someone trying to if someone knew your username and password, for example, they wouldn't be able to log into, they wouldn't be able to get your private key because they don't know our secret seed phrase. And yeah, that, interesting. that would be for any DAP building if they would be able to kind of put their own extra layer of security in on this. But Liquid Accounts, this is the most basic implementation of it, but it's, it's the most uh, complete thing that we've open sourced and released to the public to date. But I actually learned from Ramon, actually, from investing with a difference in Blockstart. Um, he was on our show last week for a, a DSP panel, which a DSP is like the nodes operating on top of the DAP network. And he said that he has a liquid accounts implementation that he's already built that could be implemented not, not tomorrow, but today by any centralized exchange in existence. It could be implemented and it could give voting rights to every user on that centralized exchange because they would uh, oh, all wow. have a liquid account. Because if, if you think about how an exchange works today, they, they have an internal database that basically tracks how many tokens are associated with which account. Right. And, and the only time it actually touches the EOS main, that's whenever you're transferring out from their hot wallet, for example. So what this does is it creates kind of like a, a, a trustless account system that could be used for an inter for like the internal accounting and 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 uses w within like a centralized platform. I I think Ramon could probably explain it a lot better than me, but that literally blew my mind. And he kind of when we're talking about putting people's feet to the fire, like we're trying to do with governance, 
Ramon basically called out every centralized exchange and said, if you're not doing this, it's because you don't want to, because the technology is here and it's ready and it's able to be implemented. And if anyone's running an exchange and they want this technology, reach out to Ramon at Blockstart. I, I think their URL is blockstart.one. So I, I highly recommend you check that out because he said it's ready. Uh, yeah. yeah. But Lots of exciting things happening on the DAP network. It's it's crazy. You guys delivered with VRAM, <laughs> which I saw Karma can actually reduce their weekly RAM costs from about $800 to less than a dollar which I covered in that video, which I thought was pretty insane, just the cost savings. So mm -hmm. now you delivered on liquid accounts and DNS and all this stuff. So I'm super excited to see where the DAP network kind of goes. But uh, in chat, Colin Talks Crypto says, hello, gentlemen, keep up the great shows. Thank you, Colin. Same to you, keep up the great videos. I've seen uh, your channel is blowing up recently. So that's yeah, awesome. Colin, and, and welcome to Puerto Rico. It seems like so many people are moving to Puerto Rico. Uh, yeah. Nat, Nat from Liquid Apps moved to Puerto Rico. Brock's been in Puerto Rico for a while. Colin Talks Crypto moved to Puerto Rico. Isn't... Uh, the, some of the EOS DAC guys, like Luke Stokes, I think. In yeah, Puerto Luke Rico. is down there. It's it's mostly for the uh, tax benefits through Act 20 and 22, I believe. But uh, it seems like they're building a big crypto community down there, which is pretty cool as well. Ash and Zane Oro, shout out to them, moved to Puerto Rico. Yeah. Rob, have you ever considered making the move? I have, yeah. This was several years ago, right before the hurricane. I was deciding between there, San Francisco, when I had an opportunity with uh, an exchange out there before ICO Alert, um, and then Pittsburgh is where I ended up actually moving for a year to build out ICO Alert with my brother, and that's where I met you, obviously, Zach. But uh, yeah, I considered it a long time ago, and then the, the hurricane sort of scared me away. Uh, so I'm staying in the U.S. now for the foreseeable future. <laughs> and uh, before we move on from Liquid Accounts uh, and Liquid Apps, I just want to point out that we have new services being built every day, not only by Liquid Apps, but by the community. And it never happens in secret. I popped up on the screen. This is just from our documents. So if you go to liquidapps.io and go to our documents, this is document version 1.4, it has a list of services. And if you look at these services, oh, wow. a lot of them haven't really even been talked about yet, but they're hiding here, right here in plain sight for anyone to see. So if anyone wants to, to, to look at the GitHub, for things like liquid storage, liquid log, liquid archive, liquid DNS. It's all right there out in the open for everyone to see. And you're gonna find it in our documents and in our GitHub repos way before you're going to see a blog article about it or an implementation and elemental battles or something like that. So anyone developing that wants to be on the cutting edge of EOSIO, I highly recommend you check that out. Um, That's awesome. That's quite the tip. Yeah. Uh, what, what, we, we jumped around a little bit. We're talking about new developments. Pios just published their quarter yeah. two update. Uh, some big news. So I'll just read, I'll read through the bullet points and then you could uh, go on to explain. Uh, yeah. be beta on Jungle Testnet. They're more open source code. UTXOs are happening on the mainnet and UI wallet coming soon. Yeah. So as you all know, I'm a, a huge fan of Pios and you know how they're sort of building this privacy ecosystem on EOS. And that's ultimately what sets Pios apart from other existing privacy coins like Monero, for example, where Monero is on its own standalone blockchain. So it's really not decentralized exchange compatible. You can't use it in other dApps and all these ancillary ways. Whereas, excuse me, Pios being built on the EOS mainnet and sort of existing there um, actually has no inflation. It's a fixed supply. There are basically no transaction fees except for a few bytes of RAM anytime you anonymize your POS because it is built on EOS. 
Um, and of course it is DAP compatible. So if you didn't see POS released a 50 million POS bounty, which is about two and a half or $3 million to fund DAPs that want to integrate with POS. So those may be things like Dmail, where you can then make a fully private message by stamping a message with a POS token. We're looking at it at EOS name service on allowing you to make an account fully anonymously using anonymized POS. And I know Karma is one as well that is looking to integrate. So all these DAPs are sort of building up this POS privacy ecosystem on EOS. But what's so big about this Q2 update sort of ending out Q2, now we're moving in Q3, is that they've delivered on everything they said they were going to deliver on. We saw the UTXOs earlier, unspent transaction outputs, which is kind of this foundation for a lot of different privacy technologies on EOS, one of which is CoinJoin, where essentially a bunch of people send their, their POS into this contract with set, output, uh, with set outputs, and then it sort of mixes it all up and spits it all out on the other end, so you can't tell where, you can't tell who sent which POS to which account. But the big news in this Q2 update was that the UTXOs are actually, uh, they've been published on mainnet and all of the code for those UTXOs has actually been open sourced. So you can now actually run a coin join obfuscation process using your POS on the EOS mainnet right now, which is pretty amazing. But beyond that, the full scope of the POS privacy technology obviously goes way beyond coin join, way beyond uh, UTXOs. That beta smart contract has now been released as promised on the jungle testnet as well. And the team will be testing out that full smart contract over the next couple months and, and releasing it on the mainnet in Q3. So really big news in that a lot of people were sort of unsure whether or not the team was going to deliver because they are an anonymous team. And now we've seen with UTXOs on mainnet coming out, the actual full PO smart contract being published on the jungle testnet that it really does seem like the team is going to deliver in full. So it's pretty exciting. And uh, this, this whole privacy ecosystem is really starting to come to life. How, how big is their team? Because I, I know Mel's I the no guy idea. in charge, and I know they're all anonymous, but do we know how many people by any chance? No, I don't no think idea. anybody does. I mean, it's got to be more. It's got to be a decent sized team. It can't just be like one or two I'd people. Say, yeah, I would think so, just based on the the high quality UI and UX in the wallet, which they said is coming next week, which is pretty exciting because we all saw that UI. I did a big preview on the Cypherglass channel but nobody's actually been able to use the wallet yet. So they say that full release will come out next week and you'll be able to integrate with uh, the jungle smart contract and really try it all out. But it's gotta be at least a couple people. I would imagine somebody for smart contracts and the privacy side, somebody for UI and UX. Maybe it is just one really talented person, mm -hmm. I don't know, but uh, they sort of come across as having a large team. Colin, talk crypt Colin talks crypto wants us to talk about lower BPs and the state of lowering inflation from 5% to 1%. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty much been agreed upon already that BPs are going to reduce it to 1%. I think what they're waiting for in 1.8 is there's this sort of um, easy control knob on inflation in 1.8 that allows the BPs to just sort of move that from 5% quickly to 1%. So I know a lot of them are sort of waiting for that to come out before they make that change. But based on the vote that we had in the referendum system, based on the, the 15 out of 21 vote that the BPs took multiple times, I think that's pretty much set in stone uh, that that is going to happen. All right, I'm looking, we jumped around on the notes. I guess we can get back to the Effect AI stuff. Is that where you want to go from here? Yeah, if you'd like. I'm excited for that. So is this a, a mainnet launch party where Effect AI is actually launching on the EOS mainnet during this? Yeah, so they've their Effect oh, okay. Force has been in a, a beta for a while. Um, so this is going to be the actual launch of the, the beta onto the mainnet. And nice. they're literally going to launch it on the air with us so that it can go oh, wow. live while, and everyone can be in the chat. 
And I mean, Chris has been on uh, the Cypher Glass channel before. We've never had him on Everything EOS. There's actually yeah. a lot of people we've never had on Everything EOS. And the reason was because we were producing a lot of the content and it would have a 48 hour, roughly a 48 hour time frame between the time we would record it and the time we would air it. And I would be very meticulous with editing it because I put a lot of pressure on myself to put out a good product. I'm getting over doing this live stuff. I know I mess up a lot, but that's okay. <laughs> because now we're able to get to the point where we could have on more guests and allow more interactions and, and more education for the general community. I did a, a panel last week. I told you guys I want to do a panel with, with more block producers or governance leaders, including EOS New York. I, I did have EOS Nation on already. Eve's a great, great person to have in the EOSIO ecosystem. So he might even be in on the uh, governance talk, but I also want to have projects on and we're, we're trying new things constantly. So I think doing this launch party is going to be awesome. They put a graphic out. I don't have it prepared to pop up on the screen, but they did a cool graphic for us. It's going to be at 1 p.m. Eastern on July 10th, um, but they've been doing some awesome stuff. So are, are you able to kind of explain what Effect Force does or, or do you want me to kind of try? Yeah, I mean, uh, Effect Force is the first component, right? The sort of mechanical the Turk? Mechanical Turk, yes. Yeah, so essentially, uh, in training AI algorithms, there's a lot of sort of uh, human interaction that has to take place, whether it's, you know, if, if you're doing something uh, like visual training, you can say, oh, this photo is a dog or is not a dog. This is a cat or is not a cat. And you sort of train these algorithms over time to then be able to recognize, for example, oh, that is a photo of a dog and that is a photo of a cat. Um, but it requires a lot of human sort of interaction and training over time. So essentially what Effect AI and Effect Force are doing is building this marketplace where you, as somebody who writes an AI algorithm, can go out and basically recruit a huge pool of people to do that training for you. So they can say, you know, yes, that is a crosswalk. No, it's not. I'm sure you've all seen the Google captures pop up where it says, hey, select all the bicycles in the images. You are training essentially AI, um, some kind of neural network in that process. So that's what they're doing on a sort of uh, distributed level where you can go out and pick up a hundred people or a thousand people and have them train your algorithms. The the unique thing that they're doing though, is they're, they're giving opportunity to, to people in uh, areas where there's not a whole lot of economic uh, opportunity. So mechanical Turk's been around for at least what, 10 or 15 years where they do a these, while, yeah. mic they do these micro tasks. They get paid like fraction of a penny or pennies per task. Uh, and like Rob said, maybe you're looking at images and, and you're saying, is there a cat in the picture? Yes or no. And you're basically training an AI to be able to detect a cat in an image. Uh, it goes much further than that. I have a friend who uh, they do like solar panel installation or data, I guess. And um, that data is more difficult because they look at like satellite images of, of clusters of houses and they have to like determine like oh, wow. the, the angles of, of the uh, the rooftops and like what the rooftops are huh. made of and stuff. So the tasks can get more advanced, but they use like centralized services to actually do this image training. So something like AFI just make, does it in a trustless way. Um, this isn't a new technology because people like Amazon have been doing it for a long time, but Am the, the problem is because of the, the modern banking system, there, there's huge problems with transferring value across borders, especially in countries, Go ahead. especially in countries with a lot of unbanked people because they might not have bank accounts, but they're fully capable of training these AIs. Um, so I'm trying to find the article in front of me, but uh, I do have some notes. Um, Effect AI, they've already launched some uh, pilot tests in the in the country of Georgia, and from those pilots, so they had they had, I think university students in the country of Georgia doing these micro tasks. Oh wow! And then they reported that data to the United Nations. So this is what I mean. 
I think I said on a previous episode where they're talking with big name, like household name companies, like the United Nations is working with Effect AI essentially to, to plan out how this infrastructure could be built to allow more opportunities to happen in countries that aren't as privileged as our own. Wow. Um, That's it, exciting. It is. It really is. Uh, I'm looking for the other countries here. Um, it says Mongolia, Pakistan, Nigeria, yeah. Kenya. Uh, that's pretty cool. And I mean, in a lot of these places, a, a huge percentage of the, the global population has a cell phone, for example, and has access to the internet, but doesn't have a, a bank account or some way to make money. So giving them, you know, something like a crypto wallet, whether that's a liquid account, or maybe a full on EOS account that Effect AI provides them, you can really see how impactful this could be on their day to day lives, being able to earn money from their cell phone. And then before we move on from uh, Effect AI, because Chris is going to be able to give a much better explanation of all of this stuff. I'm just winging it because I'm I'm not in the weeds of the project, but it's something that we've been watching from far. We actually were some of the first people to introduce Effect AI, like whenever they first moved over to the EOS mainnet. That was the episode you came to my house and we recorded in person. Oh, yeah. And they saw it, and that's how we kind of started this relationship. They, they actually said we did a good job. But uh, it says in one of their blog articles they've been making inroads with the like governments in Singapore, Australia, and New Zealand, and I think Australia is the most recent one that they put a, a blog out article about last week. Hmm. That's so awesome! Re really cool stuff. I'm really happy to be working with them because I, I love these social causes. Like they benefit people that are in underprivileged areas. I just spent my Fourth of July actually talking about uh, uh, forming a, a, a DAO for social impact. Uh, in, in particular with helping uh, people with hearing loss or who have hearing impaired uh, issues in third world countries. So like this is the stuff that hits home to me. So I love talking about it. Um, and as far as the Dow stuff, we'll, we'll get into that like months from now, like when it's further fleshed out. But there's some yeah. really cool stuff happening with some really cool people here in the EOSIO ecosystem. Um, I'm, I'm never surprised by, by the the, the the good being done. I, I don't let the the bad news, like the stuff we talked about at the beginning, I don't let that let me down because there's so much good stuff happening on the EOS mainnet still. Um, yeah, and well, uh, Crypto Media had a good, uh, this is sort of a tangent, but he said, did you see all the hardware wallets are hacked? That's not exactly true. Um, first of all, it, it doesn't apply to ledgers at all. So if you have a ledger, you're totally safe. It doesn't impact you. But things like a Trezor and many other hardware wallets um, have some kind of a sec security vulnerability that was just discovered where um, if somebody gets physical access to the device, so if they steal your treasure from you in a matter of like 10 or 15 minutes, they can use this program to sort of extract the private key. Again, it only impacts you if you have a Trezor or one of these other hardware wallets. And if somebody gets physical access to the Trezor and has the software to take the private key, but I believe it's been patched already. And like I said, does not affect ledgers at all. So just want to get that out there. So everybody knows. Stop the FUD. Stop the FUD. Much. Uh, but, uh, Moving on, should we move on to this uh, DEX news that's happening? It seems like a, a lot of stuff these days. Yeah, you want to kick it off? Yeah, so uh, let's talk about EOSFinex first. So EOSFinex is obviously launching on July 25th. If you haven't heard already, they've been beta testing for the last four months, and the contracts have actually been audited by the EOS Argentina team, a standby block producer, which I thought was pretty cool as well. But here's a quick quote from them. Uh, Developed by the Bitfinex team, EOSFinex combines the scalability and speed of EOS with Bitfinex's industry-renowned expertise to deliver a fast, transparent, and secure platform for digital asset trading. EOSFinex brings all core exchange components on-chain, including order books, matching engine, and custody solutions. So this will be a pretty cool experiment to see how this all works when it's actually running on-chain, um, and it's a, a DEX that I'm looking forward to using. 
I'm actually trying to to get it up on my screen. I'm trying to log into my uh, scatter here without showing all of my accounts because it's on a test net. Um, there's another exchange though uh, that launched. Uh, what is it? Non-custodial. Uh, Mark. Uh, what was it? Nudex uh, released. New, yeah. yeah. Nudex actually also just came out with a, a great new upgrade. I think they just blogged about it recently, but it's been out since July 1st. They actually released a new contract that moves their matching and settlements on chain. So it's nice to see that these DEXs. So when you hear DEX, you hear decentralized exchange, you think it's completely decentralized, but there's still a lot of times like a centralized component to it. And that's just because most uh, things can't be decentralized from day one. They kind of become more and more decentralized over time is kind of the best way to, I guess, think of it. Um, and they said, quote, in its early days, questions were raised regarding Nudex's legitimacy as a DEX since it required users to deposit assets to a non-smart contract EOS address for pending orders. Nudex took these community feedback very seriously. In the following months, the team has implemented smart contracts from the first function of trading cancellation to the now full-blown smart contract handling, matching, and settlement on-chain. And now, for, with the deployment of these smart contracts, it is believed that Nudex is one of the most decentralized exchanges on the EOS chain. So they think that they're going to be one of the most decentralized. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how to compare how decentralized something is compared to another without right. like really, really understanding the code of both projects. But I, I think EOS Finex is going to give them a run for their money. I hope they're both successful because the more the merrier, the more decentralized it is with the more competition, friendly competition. Um, what, what do you think about this with the, the DEX yeah, is kind of upgrading? I mean, I think it's great. The more that we can move towards, you know, truly trustless decentralized exchanges, the better, of course. Um, I think Nudex is probably doing this in response to EOS Finex coming out and launching. But I think what will sort of determine a lot of this is whether or not EOS Finex geo blocks by region. So for example, if you're coming from a US IP address, if EOS Finex blocks you, then I could see Nudex taking a lot of that extra business and sort of keeping a lot of those trades. Whereas if EOS Finex doesn't do that, or if it's super easy to get around that using a VPN, then maybe Nudex will lose some kind of trading volume. But ultimately, I think EOS Finex will bring the overall EOS and EOS token markets, all these different DAP tokens that we have, it's going to bring a huge amount of liquidity to them. So the net the, the, the net effect here will be very, very positive uh, for EOS and for all those DAP holders. So I'm excited about it. All right. So it seems like uh, I'm not going to be able to get this EOS Finex thing up in time. So that's okay. That's right. uh, yeah, I don't... All these testnet accounts, I always get messed up using people's stuff on testnets because I like... I'll create a like Kylan account or jungle account and I delete it and then I just mess things up. But whatever. It looks really good. If you've ever been on the regular Bitfinex, it looks almost the exact same and it's just as fast. So I, I once we get the speed and scalability of these exchanges with the order matching, then the biggest issue to come is going to be liquidity. So that's that's what has me the most excited is how can the company Bitfinex even get like a small percentage of their liquidity into EOS Finex or to move to EOS Finex because that's one of the biggest issues that I see with all of these DEXs or almost DEXs like Nudex uh, is there's not a lot of liquidity. Um, I, I would say some of even the top tokens, do you know like the, the amount of trade volume that it is, Rob? Because it's hard for me to calculate because Nudex, for example, shows trade volume in the actual token so, for example, right. if you're looking at POS, it might say like two million for like trade volume, but unless you know like what the value is, I guess you could 
just do a, some simple math, but most centralized exchanges show you the trade volume measured in Bitcoin. So right. I'd be nice to see uh, these yeah, exchanges I'm not, showing it measured. In I'm Nudex. not sure. I know that uh, Nudex is right now in terms of volume is the biggest decentralized exchange on EOS. Um, it beats out WhaleX, it beats out Dexios and all these others. It's sort of the main place to trade right now. So it'll be interesting to see that Nudex EOS Finex battle for sure. Um, we have some some other exciting news on the the wallet front coming from Scattered. You want to pull up this UI preview that they put out? Yeah, it looks sexy. Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. I like that they have. Uh, you'll see it up on the screen here really soon. I like that they have uh, proxies in the top right corner, sort of very prominently displayed to encourage more voter participation uh, on the main. I think mm -hmm. it's going to be great. So Rami James, Nathan James' brother, he's head of like UX UI and. Um, everything that goes along with that. Uh, he released this screenshot on Twitter. When did he do this? Uh, looks like it was two days ago, July 4th. So uh, looking forward to seeing that. They just released uh, Scatter 11. Um, is it still in beta? I, I do. Yeah. The, yeah, I think so. I have that too. It says don't trust with a lot of money. I'm probably stupid. For yeah, doing it. <laughs> I just use my existing uh, the same scatter that I've had for a while. But there's uh, another exciting thing happening. Um, Eosphere is actually putting on a charity poker tournament on the dice platform. And uh, depending on when this goes down in the time, I may actually be participating as well. So it should be a lot of fun. Um, but if you can pull up that medium article, Zach, this is happening July 27th at 12pm UTC time. There's a 10 EOS buy-in, and immediately once you deposit that 10 EOS for the buy-in, five EOS of that will go to the human, uh, humanelove.org charity, um, which is a, a great charity on EOS. I believe they support people somewhere in Africa. Um, but so 50% of it will immediately go to that charity, and then the rest will you know, sort of be accumulated in one big pot for somebody to walk home with a, a pretty significant amount of EOS, whoever wins the charity poker tournament. So I think this is great to see platforms like Dice really going out there, and uh, shout out to Eosphere for making this charity-focused. Uh, uh, so you're a maybe on that. I'm I'm a definite. I will be definitely playing in this tournament. So if you guys oh, awesome. want to get wrecked by the poker king, I'll be there to wreck everyone. Um, I think we should end this. We could interact with the crowd a little bit. But one of the crowd I want to interact with is the EOS radio show. Did you see that they challenged us on Twitter to a, a game recently, Rob? Yeah, to Super Smash tournament, right? Yeah. I, so I noticed there haven't been a lot of details since. I think they might be a little scared. You know? So, so I'm gonna figure out how we could um, get the Nintendo Switch to live stream here on on, on the channel. <laughs> yes, we are going. Yes. We are going to do this. Um, I, I didn't even talk to them before the show about this, but very soon. I th I think we could do it within the next two weeks. What I want to do is, I want to I want to be full screen with the game of Super Smash Brothers of me and Robo Rob whooping ass of the EOS Radio guys. We'll have yep. we'll have videos of ourselves in the four corners of the screen and the whole <laughs> bulk of the screen is going to be the game and we're going to we're going to talk shit on each other about we're going to talk about EOS, we're going to talk about governance and we're going to play Super Smash Brothers. Um, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be awesome and of course everything EOS is going to win. You know it. Pick us. Yeah. The team to win. We'll, we'll, we'll talk to them after the show, go over some details, set a time, date, and a wager. Rob, Rob, Rob's a, a big, uh, he's known, <laughs> known for his wagers. I don't think it's going to be for a thousand EOS, but we'll, no, we'll, we'll, think so. I think we should do a fun wager of something we'll do on each other's shows or something. But uh, yeah, we'll, that sounds we'll, great. We'll flesh that out more. Um, is there anything else we want to cover before we hop off here? I think that's all I have for now. Remember to, to check out those names at eosnameservice.io and scoop some of those up. We've got some exciting things coming. I got com that. confirmation in the chat. Scatter 11 is out. So that's what I'm using oh, is Scatter 11. It does look different than the old one. I was using it from the beta. So I didn't really realize when I updated. I always update whenever it asks me to. So, all right. So Scatter 11's out. New UI. 
wait for that. Uh, Cypherglass, uh, vote for Cypherglass, our channel sponsor. Uh, EOS Name Service has some new names coming out. Check out the Liquid apps, uh, Liquid Elemental Battles, which includes Liquid Accounts. POS two, uh, quarter two update, uh, new contract out from Nudex, EOS Finex launching on July 25th. Effect AI live stream next Wednesday for a launch party to launch Effect Force. Uh, what else did I miss? I think we hit it all. Oh, EOS New York, keep keep on uh, wrecking people on Twitter. Uh, we'll back you up every time. Shoot shots fired at Big One. I, I back you up 100%. EOS IO Labs release, check that out. If if you didn't uh, get enough from our little quick talk about it, the specification repo for architecture and approach feedback, definitely check out that blog article. Uh, Adriana, the community manager at Cypherglass, going to be a judge for the Satoshi Awards. And I think I just covered it all. So, That's uh, awesome. You ready to uh, close this out? Yes. So until Wednesday, with Chris from Effect AI, I'm Zach Gall. I'm Rob Finch. And this, and this is Everything, is everything EOS. EOS. Go, EOS. go EOS! Leave a Go EOS in the chat. Smash a thumbs up. We'll see you Wednesday.